do the Dr. Squat bit into the episode, but... I was gonna actually start it right in the middle of That's your rant, That's what I was but trying to do. That's what I was trying to get you to I do. I was gonna do it, <laughs> but uh, then you said, then we, then we diverted, so... Alright. Yeah. I can go back into it. We're talking now, I man. can rant about... I can rant about And Dr. welcome Squatch to episode long, two! Let me tell ya. Yeah, we could. But instead... Welcome, welcome no. ladies and gentlemen. No, no, no. I'm the guest Go for right episode two, it. David. Yes. This better be in it, this part. Yeah, right now. you're the guest. The current. Let's be present. Let's be present. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Um, um, you're you're the one saying the thing. Come on. <laughs> this is, I'll take over. Welcome to episode two, everybody, of Metal Jammin'. No, no, um, no. All right, I got this. Oh, my <clears> God. No, I'm, I'm actually kidding. I think... I think you should maybe host this episode. Let me, I'm going to, yeah. yeah. I'll do, <laughs> I'll do, right we'll do every two. We'll do every two. Okay. I'll do three We're and four. All right. Welcome to episode two um, of the Metal Jam podcast. Um, yeah, second episode and. Presented by Van Jammin. Presented by Van Jammin on the Van Jammin Network. Um <laughs> Which this show is probably going to take over Van Jammin in terms of like frequency of episodes. But anyways. Wait, I think we're going to have to cut that already. It's... No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You, you can cut it for the video. All right. Um, All right. Anyways. Uh, I am your host for today's episode, David Kuhn. And uh, I am joined by Alec Maskell. Mm -hmm. um, Hello, everyone. And today we have a very special episode. Well, I mean, it's not. It's kind of the no, same very, thing we do. Very special. Yeah. Very special. It's close to our hearts. Um, mm -hmm. And we are going to be looking at the album uh, Underneath by Code Orange, as I think we alluded to last episode. Um, mm -hmm. This album. Fuck. I forgot to pull up my things. <laughs> This album was released uh, on March 13th, 2020. And uh, it is the uh, third studio album by uh, Code Orange. Um, I don't even consider their first one. I kind of just forget about it most of the time. I Am King. Yeah. Right, so it was... Uh, they, they first released I Am King. Um, then they did Forever, which was kind of their like breakout album. And then um, underneath was their follow-up to Forever, which kind of takes the band in an entirely new direction. And it um, definitely goes a lot more industrial. They're the, mm. They are a um, metalcore uh, band, which is like metalcore is kind of like a mix of metal and hardcore, which hardcore was originated from punk. Um, and so it's... It's... Um, and this album has a lot of industrial metal elements into it. Has a lot of electronic um, elements. The production on it is insane, and um, it's definitely got a little bit of a little bit of hip hop too. I would yeah. say, yeah, subtly. Um, Nine Inch Nails also, inspired heavily. Yeah. Nine Inch say. Nails and Pantera, I would say as well. Some of the guitar yeah. solos. Yeah, and it is it is a lot more. Um, it's a lot more rock mm. uh, oriented than their previous two albums, 
which were very, uh, very metalcore, very almost closer to hardcore. And uh, but this was very like a lot more, uh, a lot more rock and metal focused. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do um, the um, the set or not the set list, the track list of the album? Yeah. Um, I say set list every time because I'm so used to yeah, doing it on Van Jammin'. Let's see, track listing. Um, so first track. Uh, open parentheses, deeper than before, all one word, close parentheses. Um, then swallowing the rabbit hole in fear, you and you alone, one of my favorites. Um, who I am, cold dot metal dot place, sulfur surrounding, the easy way, erasure scan, last ones left, autumn and carbine, back inside the glass, a sliver underneath. And uh, fun fact, Japan had a bonus track uh called the cutter i've never heard it before but while i was uh, researching that was something i discovered um so i guess i want to go into a little bit of the history of this album and kind of the timing when it was released mm-hmm. and so this album was produced by uh it was made through roadrunner records which is um is slipknot still on roadrunner they have one more album, I think, the next one that they're going to uh, drop. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so same record company as um, Slipknot. Mm-hmm. Um, quite, a, quite a few big bands on Roadrunner. Yes, they are arguably one of the biggest, if not the biggest, record company yeah. for, like, American metal. Um, yeah, they've had Korn, they've had Motionless and White, Gojira. Yeah. Um, quite a few. Well, Gojira's French, but, so I guess, just metal well, I think Gojira's on them now. Uh, oh they've, okay. they've switched over is that what they released their new album on? that was a good fucking mm, album i'm not sure let me see anyways um while alec looks that up i'm gonna go through who produced this album it was uh nick raskulin yeah um <laughs> fuck that up every time and uh the album was also produced by jamie morgan who is was the original drummer of the band. He recorded drums for this uh, album, and uh, now with this album, he goes on to just lead vocals. And uh, Will Yip, who... uh, Will Yip did their previous uh, two albums as well. Um, uh, I guess, you know, uh, Nick Raskulinec, um, he's done a lot of... Uh, pretty famous uh, metal and rock bands. He did Foo Fighters, Stone Sour. Uh, he's done Rush before. Um, Alice in Chains, Deftones, um, Ghost, Mastodon, Once More Around the Sun by Mastodon. Great fucking album. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's done a lot of... He's he's a pretty big name producer in the metal world. Uh, Will Yip, pretty big name in, in the uh, hardcore producer world. Um, and um, right so the three singles on the album was Underneath, Swallowing the Rabbit Hole and Sulfur Surrounding um, and as I stated before it's just very it's going in an entirely new direction with like industrial and uh, electronic elements which they had never, they had done before but not nearly to this extent I think yeah, Underneath de- or not Underneath, Forever definitely had um, 
the beginning of this, you know, very Nine Inch Nails inspired industrial feel. Um, there's mm -hmm. a few tracks, especially on the later half of that album. Yeah. But this album's definitely the first time they like completely wore those inspirations on their sleeve. I think of like the easy way on this album is like, oh yeah, it, it, oh, it dude, almost was... sounds like a Nine Inch Nails B track. Yeah, no, yeah. I I was listening to that on the car ride back from work today, and I was like, this is, this could be on a Nine Inch Nails album. Like, yeah. and his voice is so like he's singing a lot like Trent Reznor sings, so it's like mm -hmm. such a clearly inspired. And they've said that like they're a big inspiration yeah. is Nine Inch Nails for them. I think Code Orange is interesting because they definitely they wear their, um, they definitely wear their like idols on their sleeve i mean yeah. you know i mentioned pantera i think like rebby uh or reba not rebby jesus rebby reba <laughs> um she you know like she often will wear like pantera shirts i definitely hear like the dime bag daryl and her kind of like soloing style yeah um and furthermore like you said like allison chains you know they they modeled the whole um, acoustic set they did after Allison Chains, basically, yeah. covered Nutshell. Which um, we'll get into, I think, a little later. But yeah, yeah. They, did a, they did an acoustic album, like kind of like an MTV Unplugged style, uh, mm. where they... I think we could talk only, a lot. This They yeah. did a lot of different songs, but um, they, they like did some covers and stuff as well. They did some of the older stuff, but it was mostly this album. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think there's something to be said for this whole era of this album, um, mm -hmm. you know, to kind of go continue with the history of it. Like, I remember when this came out mid-March, um, right in the middle of COVID, and it was like just when it was starting. Well, yeah, I think it was like and right when um, we it was went the same week that right? we got sent home. Yeah. yeah, the same week that I moved out of college and had to move back home. Yeah, and I remember hearing this and just thinking of how like it you know we talked about this last week with how iowa came out right before 9 11 like this album came out and i you know with us going on zoom with everything being everyone at home and you were on your laptops and you were just you electronics know, all day long everyone's more prone to be on your electronics all the time exactly yeah. like this album has that in it too and it's sound and i remember at the time first listening to it and being like this like kind of marks this moment you know yeah uh, yeah no it, it definitely was kind of like it's it was kind of a perfect time for the album to come out even though you wouldn't think yeah like having a, a pandemic be the perfect time for an album but i think this album because of the type of music it is and the content matter it's like it's it's pretty it's yeah. weirdly and there's perfect. there's already so much stuff on this album that um you know thematically lines up with all that with yeah like, overuse of technology and so forth you know it's it it was the very weak actually because um their their what's a name their uh sh opening show for like the release date of the album they had to film it with hate five six um completely um, you know with yeah. an empty crowd they had to cancel their show in pittsburgh yep and they uh, released that to they like put that up on YouTube. That was just like Twitch. free Twitch, Twitch and YouTube. But yeah. then they later put it right. They later put it up on YouTube. 
and that I was think... part of the thing like they a day of all bands like really adapted to live streaming yeah. they went on like youtube and twitch and they they created all of these kind of you know virtual tours if you will um yeah. there were like th at least three different live streams i can think of yeah the, the release date they had the acoustic under the skin set and then um i didn't watch i think it was last one's left was like the name of the other the other stream yeah yeah they did they really got ahead of that curve and kind of like they were almost the like the one of the very few in the beginning to like like we're yeah. still gonna put out our music and still like bring content to our fans mm. And I think they did it really effectively, and they showed like that it's possible to a lot of other bands at the time. Um, but I actually I want to speak like they did a lot of really unique stuff, um, like ground like kind of. And one of the things they did that was really unique was uh, their like marketing for the. Um, mm. I don't know if you remember, but like on Instagram, they they were posting all of that like just really cryptic, posts. And then mm -hmm. if you uh, you went to the website, um, there was like that interactive website where you like would click and it would take you to another website and then you could click and you kind of went down this rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. And um, and uh, I, I think that was really cool. They did a lot of stuff like that. They, they did a lot of really new and unique things for this album. And you can clearly tell they were super driven to get this album done. Mm -hmm. and like really like artistically driven i think the difference between um you know like this album and their last album is uh, like just a dramatic change in just out, uh, artistic output really um you know forever is kind of it's not like a it is it, it's got more of like the garage feel yeah. you know the production's a little yeah, bit yeah. more stripped back. There's not, you know, visually they did some really interesting um, music videos, but I mean, this album had a full out, like every every sensory detail, they yeah. had something ready for it. I remember yeah. all those weird videos that they did that were connected to not only the music videos and not only to the stuff you're saying on Instagram, but, um, in those live streams as well they had like all the weird video yeah. snippets in between well dude they're uh they're and they brought back headbangers ball too remember mm -hmm. that the live stream yeah dude their keyboardist though i think was the guy who like learned that all that like animation software which is mm -hmm. fucking insane to me that yeah. like this guy was like <laughs> like the time to learn in animation software and like yeah. learn how to do it they had never done it before and they were just like we just wanted like we wanted to have our visuals the way we wanted them so we learned an entire fucking animation software 3d animation and then made their own videos like that's so much dedication to the craft and like i don't know i also want to i want to shout out hate five six because um you know he is one of the one of the kind of prominent filmmaker or filmographers or videographers if you will mm -hmm. um who's who's really you know kind of 
um, capturing what's going on in hardcore and metalcore right now. And he paired up with them for like almost all their video segments, all the stuff they did with the live streams, everything else, even their music videos, I think a little oh. bit. And, um, you know, he's, he, he's a, he's done almost every, every single band you can think of. He's done one of their shows. Oh. Damn. I, I yeah. was not aware of that. Yeah. He's done Eight, a bunch. Five, six. Eight, five, six. Yes. Um, definitely definitely check them out if you have not seen them you can watch like any i mean anything from like knocked loose counterparts like any band you can think of right um he's covered them yeah hmm. all right well uh i don't know do you want to talk a little can we i guess i'll just whatever say one whatever more you thing. want to go into i'll just say one more thing about kind of like the process for the recording of the album and their like release um was that they uh they took like two years to write the album and they canceled um their european tour cycle in 2019 and also um an appearance at england's bloodstock open air in order to focus like solely on this album on like writing it and recording it and uh yeah i think that's kind of wild as well but um it definitely shows definitely longer it's an incredible than... album it was in super well received critically and publicly um uh yeah it's just and production wise like i think the recording this is one of those albums i think it just seems like it. I don't. I didn't see anything on this, but like it seems like the recording was heavily involved in the actual writing process. Um, because like sometimes you have a band like they'll come in and into the recording studio and they'll just like they already know what they want and they already know what they're doing. Um, and they just get it. They just record it and it's done. But like I think with this album, it was definitely like. They knew what they wanted, but they needed to write it through the recording because there's so much like electronic sampling and just mm -hmm. crazy mixing and like production techniques that they use. Um, and uh, like like um, just total dead silence in the middle of like a song when it's just going yes. from like crazy riffs and drumming. All of a sudden it all just cuts out to like silence. And then comes back in, like a second later. I gotta tell you, there's two songs on this album that this time around, listening to it again, I realized I love a lot more. And they, mm -hmm. it's because of that characteristic. And it's in fear and you and you alone. Yeah, you and you alone is might be one of my favorites on the album. I think. Mm. Um, it's got some wonderful samples in it. Yeah. So with that, do you want to move into kind of? into the songs into the songs we don't have to i think we don't have to go yeah we won't like every do every song. tune but um maybe let me ask you what are your favorites. um what are your three favorites if you well yeah what are your three favorites boy that's tough um i think it's uh you and you alone underneath and um who I am, I mm. think are my three favorites, which that is a cool, uh, I'll let you say your three favorites, but we got to go into that. 
in a second. Into who I am, the yeah, story behind we gotta, it. We, that's one we definitely got to touch upon. I would agree. Um, honestly, favorite song is definitely Cold Metal Place. Okay. Hmm. It's hard to say, man. It's such a good album. Yeah. I would say Cold Metal Place. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say In Fear for this most recent listen. Although okay. I normally wouldn't have said that. And I think last one's left. Mm-hmm. All right. Actually, no. I take that back. I'm gonna say Sulfur Surrounding. Hmm. I think that's one of the better melodic songs on the album. I would uh, agree. And also, uh, that's you know that's a funny thing I also wanted to mention is that this album has way more industrial and obviously way more you know we we keep saying Nine Inch Nails which I think is yeah it's so obvious it's it's just yeah it's so obvious that it's there it is their big inspo and i get it it's jamie jamie's you know always talked about how much he loves nine inch nails but um beyond just the industrial stuff and the electronic stuff there's also a lot more of um like reba's vocals on this album you know yeah. last album it was bleeding in the blur but there there's so many more times where she's on this thing in this and i really think it's to their benefit it's really like the weapon that they have that i think most other bands don't have honestly yeah i'd agree i think they use it really well because they like mix her vocals in with jamie's as well mm -hmm. like it's they they really play into like the two singer thing which i think is really cool um because yeah. like if you have two singers like you might as well do some dope ass and, that, vocal and that's shit the with thing it. with with the band like they're so you, they're not like most other bands i think even within the genre like you can't you can't really put them in a box they're yeah. very on their own like they're metalcore a little bit sure and they have a yeah. little bit of hardcore and they've you know they've worked with hardcore producers and been in that scene a little bit but they're constantly evolving with every album yeah well this album sorry especially. i'm getting I'm getting a little bit off topic, but I just wanted Sorry. to say I wanted to shout out like the more melodic stuff on the album. Yeah, yeah. Self surrounding me in one of those. And uh Who I Am, which mm. I think we'll get into now, is also yeah. one of those. Which um I think you know a little bit more about this than I do, but um it was based on the uh a guy on the internet who was like a huge Bjork fan, right? and he made like a yes he was like a vlogger or he made a bunch of like video logs and uh he like sent a bomb or something am i remembering that correctly or am i totally he, he am I no i think you're right i think he okay. made some threat it's been a it's been a minute actually since i looked into it but he basically made a lot of like weird video logs um and had some some really you know tough mental health problems and yeah. eventually took his own life on video and that's yeah. where they sampled the uh that that part in it where he's talking is used in the song yeah yeah you hear him at the beginning and throughout the song he's sampled um fucked up song but i think it's, it's some also heavy material it is when you like know about what it is uh i think that's one of those that's like 
that also kind of plays into the overall themes of the album, which is kind of like technology and like how it kind of has fucked us up a lot and like the internet especially, but like also like just this, yeah, just technology in general. Um, you know, it's funny. I was reading something today about how we're in the age of where everybody is basically a celebrity. Like anybody yeah. can be a celebrity, you know, we're, we're at a, we're at a level right now where we could make a name for ourselves with this podcast where yeah. we could be celebrities, you know, and we have access <laughs> to that very one. That's a yeah. good one. Alec. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> this will be the thing where like, if we Don't do make it like... in our careers, people will look back and they'll be like, why yeah. the fuck did why you guys do this? this? Why like, would they you do guys this? are losers. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be like, let's just, hey, I, well, if it keeps going and it gets better, let's just hope they don't yeah. see the early episodes because holy shit. Yeah, um, exactly. I know we have some lighting tonight. I took my note from last time. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. Um, This this <laughs> we're we're not shooting for that nine o'clock finish time. What time are we at? Right but now? we're at eight forty nine. Oh, we could. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, Yeah. But the you know. To that point, like this whole album is entrenched with all those themes, like in and this idea of you know celebrityism and technology, it's evident mm -hmm. on the entire album, especially yeah. with this song. Yeah. Um, I would say I want to say like musically, uh, that's something that they did. I think they did it in Forever as well, but it wasn't used to as great effect. Um, I th they did it in this album where they keep bringing back like the music uh, a rhythm which mm -hmm. is like uh i'll try and i'll try and sing it <laughs> uh they like play it on like at least three or four different songs and mm -hmm. like it's it's kind of hidden in um it's on the first track i know it's on um it's at the very end of a sliver which then goes into underneath and it's the driving it's the driving rhythm of underneath. Um, mm. But, and I think they used it at the beginning of, what was the third track? Um, In Fear as well. Mm. Um, I remember it at the beginning of that. Yeah. Um, so they, they keep, that's something I've noticed that like critics will cream their pants to is like, it's that like little. when artists like just like like because king gizzard does the same thing where they'll like mm -hmm. each album they have their like riff or whatever and they just like will bring that riff back throughout the mm -hmm. entire album um and like uh i think anthony fantano loves that i think he like anytime he hears that he's just like you guys are geniuses <laughs> just basically just like variations of like it's just the same it's literally thing. yeah i mean it's literally like doing mm -hmm. like a variations as like a classical piece where you just do like variations on a same theme which mm -hmm. is dope it's cool um but i i think that's interesting they did that i think they did it on forever as well but i don't think it was as noticeable or as like used as well um mm -hmm. so yeah just wanted to that kind of adds to this idea of it's almost like a story that they're telling or like this is all within the same world, you know? Like it's not mm -hmm. 
all of these songs are connected, you know, stuff like that. It's a very cohesive um, concept album for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, it, you know, one thing I remember from my first listen of the album is if you, you know, and I've done it as well on listening to it on vinyl, if you just kind of sit back and just let the music overtake you, like you won't even really realize when you shift from one song to the next. It yeah. flows so cohesively. Yeah, um, no, it does. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy how the, the, um, the wild electronic fragments that are throughout the entire album where it's really just jarring and it really like cuts the song. And like you said, like literal silence for either, you know, a quarter beat or whatever it is, like there's yeah. these little quick moments and then it comes back and it's still able to flow so nicely. Right. Yeah. I think sometimes I was like, I was like, Oh, this is a change in the song. Like this is, they changed mm -hmm. the song. Cause like it totally like switched the vibe of or whatever but then mm -hmm. i look at like my phone and it's like the same song but <laughs> it's and then they kind of do, do any, that um... a lot with like so you never really know when the song is going to the next one and yeah yeah um no do you have any um do you have any like real like big moments on the album that stood out for you um i want to say i don't like a sliver i that was mm. the only song that i don't really like but i really like the transition from a sliver into underneath and i think underneath is such a great finish for the album um and especially with that like the rhythm that you've been hearing throughout the entire like album it's finally like almost it feels like it's like a grand like it's coming it, it was all built up to this mm -hmm. um, is almost what it feels like. So agree. I think, I think that would probably be like a mm -hmm. big moment. Um, but I mean, also like the beginning of the album is um, cause like deeper than before, it's like all quiet and like kind of atmospheric. And then it just goes into the screaming mm -hmm. and then it goes right into um, swallowing the rabbit hole. Mm. And I think I that's love very swallowing the charming. rabbit hole. Yeah, so good. Good album or good song. <laughs> well, good. It's a good album too. <laughs> we should Jeez. just say that for an entire hour. Like it's just a good album. It's just a good album. Yeah. It's just a good album. I don't know. What about you though? There's a lot of little moments. Um, I think that each song on this album kind of has its own tonal structure and its own kind of like influence it's playing off of obviously right. we mentioned like the easy way is very um you know nine inch nails i think swallowing the rabbit hole definitely has some of that like i don't know it's almost got like a little metal core and new metal to it a little bit okay. um i yeah. you know each each song kind of has its own way it flows you know sulfur surrounding also has its melodic thing yeah that was I think almost a, some more nine inch or not nine inch nails alice in chains type song very alice in chains yeah. i would agree a big moment that i love um honestly one of my most like like just like identifiable moments on the entire thing is yeah. in cold metal place there's a part where it quiets down it's just the drum and it's like ta, 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 ta. And then at the end of that the 
you know, double kick comes in and the guitar lines up with it and they play mm. this breakdown. That segment right there in that song is like one of my favorites of the entire album. It's one of like the quietest moments and mm. just a very particular um, like rhythm yeah. that I like. But um, I don't know, like you and you alone. I love the way that they use that sample that's very yeah. prominent throughout the whole song. The vocal sample. Do you, it do sounds... you know what they're saying? I'm not sure. I, I think I it's meant Japanese. To look it up, but I forgot. I think it is as well. But I had meant to look it up, but I fucking forgot. And um, I don't know. Yeah. But it's uh. There's yeah. That's, there's so that's much cool, though. That was a cool like moment. I think. That's one of the songs that might also be a big moment for me. I was like, because it's like, it's one of the faster songs, and it's um, I don't know, it's one of the heavier. I would, it's one of the more headbanging songs. Mm-hmm. I think they're all headbanging songs, but that's one that's like. There's definitely some on this album that have a little bit more of that like hardcore metalcore thing to it. I mm-hmm. think In Fear definitely has some crazy good breakdowns at the end. Swallowing the Rabbit Hole has a few of those. Um, Even, like, Back Inside the Glass has some. Underneath has some. I think Cold Metal Place has a mixture of some of that. And they have some, like, almost like That one has some of, like, the Pantera-inspired guitar solos as well. Yeah. Um, It's a lot of influences playing into, like... There's so much. And you should hear it... Like each song almost seems to have its own, but like they all fit in the same album. Like it's all still, it's not like, it yeah. doesn't just feel like it's a bunch of bands made an album and they didn't get together at all and they didn't like talk about it. Like it, it really feels like you can hear the influences and like they're clearly influencing people, but it's done in a way that, that works really well. And they, you know, they've done that too. Like we said, like all the live streams, they included content from, you know, there's a Pantera cover in one, Allison Chains in the other. And mm-hmm. um, they really, they really do use their influences in a way that like no other band I know does. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. The, the, you know, the album has a lot of moments that are just very, um, very interesting. You know, Who I Am as well has kind of some creepier stuff on it that yeah. is really cool the way they use it. But, the other right. thing that I think is really interesting, there's that video um, with Reba's... Um, oh, know, the Earthquaker in- Devices video, yeah. Yeah. And what I didn't realize until I watched that is how much of the weird sound effects are coming from her as well, mm-hmm. and not just from their, um, yeah. you know, the guy on the turntables. Yeah, I remember reading an interview where she was like, it was really weird for this album because I had to learn to like make my guitar work one mm-hmm. like replicate um the guy on the turntables in some ways because like she mm-hmm. had to because there are times i think when they're both kind of doing a similar thing and then mm-hmm. there were other times where it's just like she's playing her normal guitar tone but she has to make it work with this heavily electronic music mm-hmm. and um I, don't know, I think that's i think she changed up her style but still kept a lot of it but it you know hmm. i gotta ask you how excited are you because i know you're going to see them soon i am yeah um very excited so excited <laughs> this made me more and so much more excited 
but I was already really excited. But like listening to this album again, I'm like so pumped. I'm so pumped to go see them. That's going to be an amazing concert. Um, But another great metalcore band will be there. uh, Kill Switch Engaged. Um, Mm -hmm. And obviously Slipknot. And then Fever 333. Um, But anyways. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything else you want to say about the album? Um, I'm pretty much like, I think I'm, I think that's, I'm you know, I'm also, I have my, I have my points. I'm good. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, well, I would, I would just say though, as much as I don't have tons to say right now, um, you know, this is one of my favorite albums of last year. It might be my favorite oh, album yeah. last year. Definitely. Um, definitely felt like I, I just can't go back to this enough. You know, I listened to this thing a ton last year and I think it really did kind of like mark the moment of quarantine and COVID and mm-hmm. pandemic. It just came out at the right time and it kind of captured the mood I felt. That yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't agree more. Do we want to go into our new segment? Our new segment? <laughs> our new segment. <laughs> Welcome to Metal News. Metal News. Wait, I gotta pull up Loudwire. Oh, oh wait, wait. So Let this me start is with the new segment. Before we get to me- before you go on Loudwire, let me read off. I got a few quick ones I want to throw out there. Okay, Metal Alex is gonna read off some. And basically, few. what this segment is, I just want to explain it. We're kind of mm-hmm. we're just gonna read off headlines. Maybe we'll go a little in depth into the article. We're just gonna read off some headlines and we're gonna give. Uh, I don't know. Thoughts. This reactions. is where we rip one-liners. Let's not. Yeah, lie. we're Let's... just uh, <laughs> we're comedy geniuses here. Yeah, because we've been so funny throughout the rest of the episode. Now it's you know, like... we gotta liven up a little bit. I realized that last time. I've, I you know I rewatched the videos. I go to edit them. Yeah, I'm like it's so serious. You know, it is. It's like no one likes that. Who cares? So, it's who cares. We're doing metal because it's ridiculous. I want you to know Metal's... who I am. <laughs> Nah. Nah, uh, well, uh, there's no, we my, should leave there's that. We one, should leave that. Dude, every episode, I'm going to put something in that we have to cut, and you're going to struggle every time to cut it from the video. No, we're not cutting anymore. I don't have we're to not edit cutting. that from the video. I have, a friend, I have a friend who taught me something soon or recently, and it's true. Um, You can't, you can't, you know, you can't always be there for others' feelings. If someone is upset about something, they'll tell you, and then yeah. you deal with it then. But you can't look out for everyone else's feelings. You want to know what? That's some wise advice. That's some wise, yeah. That came from I a like chapter that. in a book. So to metal news, anyway. Um, <clears throat> for starters, I saw Knocked Loose for the first time last Thursday. Uh, no, take that back. Not this past, but the one before. And I saw them at Worcester. Quite an amazing experience. Cannot wait to go see them again. I would definitely recommend to anybody, if you have the opportunity to see Knocked Loose, do so. They're fucking insane. Was it a, Was it just Knocked Loose playing, or was there other bands there? It was uh, three other bands. There was Gatekeeper, which was very good. Gatekeeper had a lot of deathcore and death metal influence. Okay. Um, there was another band. I'm going to forget the name. They were quite good as well. 
me look real fast. Magnitude. Nickelback. No. <laughs> Magnitude. Magnitude was really good. Um, I definitely enjoyed them quite a bit. The first band that opened is actually the band that I wanted to give an honorable mention to. Oh. Arma. They are a hardcore unit out of Chicago. Um, very good band, very politically conscious band. They have a little bit of like a Rage Against the Machine tinge to them, especially with their oh. lyrical content. Um, but I liked them a lot. They, I saw them, so I was supposed to go to two shows. Certain circumstances came up at the second show that I was not able to stay until Knocked Loose played. But um, I got to see the second night. I had to leave and they were even better the second night than they were the first night. Oh. So definitely right. shout out to Karma. Wanted to shout out a wait, 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 it's Karma or Arma? Karma. K H A R M A. Oh, okay. Alright. Alright. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also wanted to shout out another band, Drain. Drum uh I believe Los Drain. Angeles. Drain. The they have a little more <laughs> they got a little bit more of that like 80s thrash metal in there, but uh, quite quite a cool mm. hardcore unit okay. as well. Nice. There. Nice. Yeah. And then finally, and then I'm just going to say this and then we'll get into Loudwire. Yeah. MGK and Slipknot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, I'm sure I can find the headline. Tisk. Oh. Fucking tisk. Uh, okay, there's, there's so much about Machine Gun Kelly after. Um, after that whole thing. Um, fuck. They've had so many. That was so, it was like a week ago, right? I'm not going to be yeah. able to find it. All right. Anyways, basically it was just that the situation was that uh, Machine Gun Kelly uh, was performing at a festival, right? Or something like that. And uh, Slipknot was also performing. They were performing around the same time. And a bunch of MGK's fans left his show to go watch Slipknot and Machine Gun Kelly on stage like was like fuck Slipknot you're just a bunch of 50 year old dudes dressed up in a weird mask and he's like you look fucking ridiculous and here's the thing he's not wrong but (laughs) but he said it cause he was like cause he was just pissed the only reason he said it was cause he was pissed that a bunch of people left his show to go watch an arguably much better band perform. And oh yeah. He like You know, the thing that kills me, like, MGK is like not he's pouting. even He just sounds like he's like pouting yeah. like a whiny little baby. It's like fuck you. MGK's <laughs> not even the best person in hip hop to be doing no. like rock stuff. Like yeah. honestly, Post Malone blows him out of the fucking water. Post Malone well, did actually, that. Um, oh yeah, that uh, the, Nirvana the Nirvana thing. That was during murder quarantine. Yeah. Um, actually, there is another. I, well, as I was scrolling through, uh, here's a headline. Uh, a day ago, Machine Gun Kelly initially quit guitar after he first started. So, without reading the article at all, because that's how we do things here. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we're very scientific. Um, yes. Only the most implicit science. Here on Metal. Implicit. Game. I don't think I don't, implicit was the no, right word. I don't think it was I'm either, su- but... Well, I'm supposed to be doing the writing-directing thing, so that doesn't really work for my whole, like, screenwriting thing. You know, mm, 
mm-hmm. not getting the English language right part. That's all right. Not... You got books for that, man. You don't have to. Yeah, that that's right. Your head. You're good. Yeah. Um, this episode's going on the resume. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you th- I, that makes sense to me. But also, like, a lot of people quit guitar when they first start. And then they pick it back up again. That's not. Mm-hmm. That's. I feel like that's not that. It's not that exciting. Um, yeah. All right. So here's you know, another funny, one. Funny. Oh, funny enough, you were you were saying this ahead. about uh, about Slipknot being the fifty year old dudes and whatever. Yeah. I do have to say, in my recent kind of revival of Knocked Loose fandom, um, I went and I listened to Brian Garris from Knocked Loose go on Clowns podcast. And it is god fucking awful. Clown literally talks the whole time, doesn't let Brian Garris get like two words in, makes it all kind of about himself. Brian Garris oh. is just sitting there like, uh, like yeah, like oh uh, yeah, your your son he he did hit me up on the DMs on Insta. Yeah. It's like that. Like he barely lets him talk. Oh my god! And then like he's just yeah. That's actually a topic. Doesn't understand. Mm -hmm. He's he's so old. He's fifty year old dude. He's He's he might be sixty. Yeah. He does not understand. It's It's okay. But anyway, he doesn't. Not at all. And apparently the social cues of being on Instagram and being twenty. His son's sixteen. You know how embarrassing that must be. Yeah. Actually, no. I take that back. He's probably a bit older. I'm not trying to shit on Clown. I love Clown. Oh, he's great. Love... He made some great music. Yeah, you know. But it's silly. The fucking Brian Garris interview. So anyone yeah. curious, go listen to that. Um. Anyways, here's another, uh, uh, headline. Nine hours ago, Guns N' Roses to release new EP Hard School mm. in 2022. Nope. Um. Nope. So probably gonna be bad. Guns N' Roses. Yep gonna be bad uh, i've never been not a probably Guns N roses. let's take it back uh it's, that's not it's fair be bad. that's not fair dave the first three never, albums uh, dude i haven't really listened to them i like some of their Ooh. songs like the big hits Ooh. you know like sweet uh uh <laughs> welcome to the sweet jungle child of mine sweet child welcome of mine that's, jungle. yeah i was like gonna say it but i was like oh, if i butcher this i'm gonna be like that album appetite for destruction or for destruction, destruction. yes yeah, very yeah. good we might have to edit the that English out. Is Appetite so... for destruction. Can we just take a pause real fast? No. Quick pause. No. No. You got to no, pause. You got to fucking right through. All right. I got shit to do. We're to... Go ahead. Go ahead. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. Probably gonna be bad. Is Slash even Slash isn't in Guns N' Roses anymore, right? I don't he's, know. He's been. Is he gonna be back for that album? Mm. We're not gonna look into it. So yeah, no one cares. Um, oh, here, here's one. UFC legend Nick Diaz walks out to Deftones. That was 11 hours ago. What um, song? I we're not looking at the we're not looking that's, at that's that's right. That's based. This is just headlines. We're just Let's guess. What song do you think it was? I don't. I again gonna get a don't lot know. of hate for this. Don't really know Deftones that mm. well. Um, I'm gonna guess something that it was, off um... around the fur. Was that them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, good good that guess. One. That was sure. good. You were close. What were you going to guess? Yeah, you, I, you don't no, that, even know that, what it is. <laughs> what? Around the Fur? Oh, oh. Is it not Around the Fur? No, Around the Fur is an album. But okay. I'm saying that was a good guess on your part. Okay. Is, 
Um, I, I actually don't know what the song was, though, to be completely honest. All right, well, I'm gonna guess that it was Pink Maggots, which okay. I forget which album. Yeah, that's on. I could see that. I don't, I don't, I don't know that song. I don't Pink Maggots, it is on White Pony. Do you know any Deftones at all, Dave? Um, mm, it was probably my own no, summer, really. for being I, honest. I, you it tried to get me into change. Deftones, um, and I was Good. just kind of like, eh, I wasn't a huge yeah. fan. That's what happens. Yeah, I just, yep. you know. Um, oh, 41 years ago, a day ago, uh, John Bonham died. Hmm. Yo, you know, we didn't shout out that we should. Um, I actually would like to. This is going to go a little bit off topic, but not not really. It is rock news. Okay. Um, a little bit of hip hop as well. Okay. On Friday, we had the 30th anniversary of four of, like, honestly, like, some of my favorite albums of all time. Um, oh. Definitely some of my favorites. I would say all four of these are classics. Bad Motorfinger by Soundgarden. 30th anniversary of Blood Sugar Sex Magic by Red mm -hmm. Hot Chili Peppers. 30th anniversary of um, one of my favorite albums, The Low End Theory by A Tribe Called Quest. Okay. As well as the 30th anniversary of Nevermind by yeah. Nirvana. Yeah, I did see that, that it was Bad Motorfinger and uh, Nevermind's anniversary. I also saw the uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic um, thing as well. I did not know about the Tribe Called Quest. Great album, Drive um, Cold Quest, Low End Theory. Mm -hmm. One of the best probably hip hop albums of that year. So here's but. here's one that's a little interesting. Speaking of mm -hmm. uh, Nirvana, uh, 20 things you didn't know about Nirvana's Nevermind. Just reading the title. That's kind of crazy, right? I think to end the segment, <laughs> we should name the 20 things. What do, you, what do you think the 20 things are? One. That's a lot of things we gotta go through. <laughs> That's okay. We can do That's... them really fast. Okay. Back one. and forth. You just say a statement. Uh, then... There was a lawsuit uh, that the the freaking um, Nirvana baby on the cover. He's suing the Nirvana, the band for um, uh, for child pornography because it on the cover it it uh, his penis is showing as a child. Number two, unknown facts. Smells Like Teen Spirit was the main single off the album. Okay, number three, Kurt Cobain killed himself. Number Not four. related to the album at all. Number four, Courtney Love was <laughs> married to him. Uh, number five, Courtney Love possibly killed him. Number six, uh, In Bloom is also on the album. <laughs> uh, number seven, that was the first album that Dave Grohl uh, was the drummer on. Number eight, that album did not come out in 2004. Um, <laughs> number nine, <laughs> that album didn't come out in 2000. Number 10, uh, Kurt Cobain used a black Fender Stratocaster for some of that album. Oh, okay. Um, what, what are we on? 11? Hmm. Number 11. Yep. Um, keep it rolling there. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, smells like teen spirit. I had not heard that song until high school. Really? That, that's a personal thing. Yeah, do you remember? That's uh, a wait, serious. No. That's I was a fact in, that was dude, unknown I was on to a school everyone. Bus. I was on the school bus, and I was with like some other some people, and they were like, "Oh, you like heavy music because you're the heavy music guy." And like, yes. they were like, that's "You what know, I would have called you, you know, um, Nirv you know, Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit." And I was like, "I don't know that song." 
I was friends like, with you, and I feared for my safety around you because you yeah, were the, man, the I, heavy music kid. Hey, you know, I don't test me. Uh, number twelve, <laughs> your turn. <laughs> oh God, uh, number twelve. It was the first album with Dave Grohl. Did you already? Say I already that? said that. You can't. Use it. <laughs> and with that, Two we're times. ending All the right, segment. On. Number thirteen. Uh, it was. Uh, Oh, uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit had a music video. Wow. Got Number it. 14. Um, hmm. Number 14, the album was like very pop. Oh, actually, I got a good number 14. Number 14, the Beatles uh, influenced the album because they double-tracked some of the, the vocal parts for Kurt. And he oh. didn't want to do it. And then they told him, hey... Lennon and the McCartney did it for Beatles yeah. records. That's also like so many other bands have done that since, mm -hmm. and like that's a that's a. Typical, well, that was what they told that's them. A typical recording. Cobain thing. Cobain was a big big Beatles fan, so I guess that's what it took to uh, convince him. Um, number fifteen. Fifteen. Uh. Uh. Um. Chris the bassist, is now a farmer. Okay. Not related. Uh, and he played bass on Nevermind. <laughs> uh, number 16. This album was the second Nirvana album. Uh, number 17. Um, this was not their last album. Number 18. The majority of the album's cover is blue. <laughs> number 19. <laughs> That much of that blue, actually all of it, is water. Yes. Okay. Wow. That was number original. <laughs> and number 20. Last 19. But not hey, least. we're on 19. I get 20. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> Voice black. All right. Number 19. My favorite song on that album. Hmm. Is either Lithium or Territorial Pissings. Mm, okay. Um f uh number 20. Um I I did a uh for my recording project last semester. I recorded uh Come as you are as a as my cover project and I had the great uh Sam Vanna uh, do the guitar and vocals and he did a fucking phenomenal job but I did a shitty job mixing it so it sounded like dog shit but mm. that's what it did but so all right. with that um, we have come to the end such a journey of um, such a journey eps episode 2 of Metal Jammin' uh, I think you everybody left here with something that they didn't know about uh, Nirvana's Nevermind or each other we learned a lot about we it ourselves did. tonight. We did, didn't we? And our um, friends. And so, yeah, uh, yeah I guess uh, Underneath is a great album. You all yeah, should listen to it. It's a good it. album. It's a good um, album. And, uh, yeah. See you guys uh, next episode. Mm -hmm. Thanks, guys. Take care.